This will be just a, a very short introduction. And the Lord willing, we'll come back to this next week. I know we've been doing this series and it's been hindered for a while on riches of the new covenant. And every Sunday morning I think, well, I've got my message ready. I've already one written. Uh, part 17 of the riches of the new covenant. But unfortunately, I keep getting a change. So it's, the, it's what the Lord wants. It's what the Lord wants that we'll do it. And God willing, we'll do maybe part two of this one next week. I feel this is to encourage people. It surprise you how many of God's people, people in general, but God's people, it would surprise you how many are living in defeat. It's unbelievable how many feel they're useless, hopeless. Surprise you how many are lifeless, powerless, empty. Surprise you how many are feeling low, discouraged, down. Many verbs must I use to try and show how God's people feel. There are people who are not saved. And they don't realize what they can have in God either. Don't realize when they come to Christ and they put their full trust in him. Don't realize the power, the blessing, the joy that is entailed and involved in knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. They don't know what it's like to have the burden, the weight, the heaviness, the knowledge of forgiveness of sin. No matter your background, no matter your sin, out of the depth Jesus is still the friend of sinners and he still saves and it's surprising how many people live with various things that they've grown up with that's what I want to look at just for a brief introduction this morning and God willing part two next week here's the title of it small things in the hands of a big God Small things in the hands of a big God. Just for time's sake, maybe next week we'll read more. Just for time's sake, Zechariah, please, chapter 4. Zechariah, chapter 4. And just a line from one verse. And we'll maybe see how we get on from there today and maybe next week. Zechariah, chapter 4, and verse 10. This is one of the things the Lord's speaking to me about. Notice what he says, for who hath despised the day of small things? That's my reading today in its entirety. For who hath despised the day of small things? Let's pray. Father, will you take the small things that we offer to you today and will you do with them what you will? For we know when it's placed in your hands, you multiply. We know when it's placed into your hands, you bless. We know when it's placed into your hands, you change things for the better. And you use those small things according to your own plan, purpose, and will. Glorify your name, we pray. And speak to your people and to those maybe have come in on knowing the Savior. We ask you, Lord, to speak to all our hearts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For who hath despised the day of small things? The word despised in the Hebrew is a word booz. And it means to hold in contempt. So really the Lord is saying, 
Who holds in contempt the day of small things? It also means to hold as insignificant or to see as insignificant. And the Lord says this morning, who holds as insignificant the small things? Now the question is, you might think you're insignificant. You might think you're insignificant in the church. You might think you're insignificant in God. You might think you're insignificant where you work. You might think you're insignificant in your home. You just might feel insignificant. You might feel like you are a contemptible thing. That no one thinks much of you. That you're set free like a a ship without a sail. Without a rudder tossed and turned in the waves of life and the ocean. And you're just sailing from pillar to post. You don't know whether you're coming or whether you're going. Now, if you are feeling like that this morning, if you're thinking like that this morning, maybe you feel, maybe you think that you're small. So small, why would God want you? So small, why would God think about you? So small, how could God use you? So small, there's no one that will bother with you. Listen, small things may be held in contempt by mankind. Small things may be despised by man. And small things may be held as insignificant. But not in the eyes of the Lord. Maybe you feel you've been ministering while there's children, youth, worship, whatever. And you feel this is an insignificant ministry. When I was out walking, this is what the Lord was laying holding me on, part of it. It was coming up before me, this is not insignificant, the Lord was saying to my heart. This is not insignificant. That is not insignificant. You are not insignificant. My people are not insignificant. Let no man, let no woman no matter their high theological teaching and learning, despise who you are in Christ. Let them not think that you are insignificant because you are very precious in the eyes of God. Here's the question. For who hath despised the day of small things? One thing here is, God asked you the question. He asked Zerubbabel the question here. Who has despised the day of small things? For the Lord is saying it, For I have not despised the day of small things, small beginnings. The very minutest, minute creatures and insects, which are intricate in detail, that we don't even know how they work, they are all fashioned and formed and shaped by Almighty God. And they are significant. The humble bumblebee, is very significant to the planet and to uh, the whole nature of things of our planet. It is not insignificant. God has created it for a reason. The sparrow in flight. The Lord Jesus said, "Does not the sparrow will not fall to the ground without your Father knowing it. Not only does that mean that the sparrow will not fall dead to the ground without your Father knowing it, 
Let me tell you what also it means. It means the sparrow will not jump from a branch to the ground out of your father's will. Think of the times a bird jumps to the ground to find food and back to a tree or to a fence or to a wall. Think of the times a bird will fly from one part of the sky to the other or from one country to another and then go to a pool, go to a lake, go to a forest. Think of the times that little bird will fly and your father knows every single beat of its wing. How much more? Think about it. Sometimes we feel insignificant that God does not know where we are. I remember when we were missionaries in Romania. We pastored a little church out the front of, Romania, of the orphanage we lived in, Alison and I. We tried so hard to get a church up and running. There was a few people coming and going, not knowing the language and trying to learn it. It was so hard and difficult. Everybody was against us. The government was against us. The, the established religion was against us. We were told they were going to put me in prison if I opened it. And all sorts of stuff was happening. And, and no matter who you are, you think about it. And away in this village, in the middle of nowhere, one road just going through it. All others were dirt tracks. Only a horse and cart could get up. Even a four-wheel drive jeep we were supplied with couldn't make it across. Chickens and ducks and everything running around the street. One Sunday I come to the church and I came from the, the home across the yard into the church building. And after all the weeks of hard work and the promises, there was nobody there. Nobody. It was about 10, 15 minutes to go, starting time. And my heart was in my boots. And I thought, Lord, how are we ever going to do this? There's nobody here. And I went away down the back and round the corner of the building. That is off the home. And I was in tears. My wife and I are here. Everybody's against us. Not only against us, they're threatening us with prison. They're all sorts. Lord, I don't know what to do. I feel like nobody knows even where we are. Our own families couldn't really have told you where we were. They knew we were in Romania in a little village, but they didn't know what we were up to or what it was like. Or we felt so alone. There was no one else there but Alison, myself, the enemy, and the Lord. <laughs> we used to have to hide at night in a little church. We used to sit in the dark and kneel on the floor because the, the enemy, if I'll call them, they were want, they were bugging phones and trying to find our phone calls to see where God was leading next, what he was going to do with us and where they were going to place us in prison. And I was hitting the head with an iron bar. It was all sorts of stuff went on. Boy, was I afraid that I feel that everything I'd done was useless and it was so small, it was so insignificant. We were in the middle of nowhere. No one knew where we were and boy, was our hearts and our mouths and I was up the back and I was trying to gather myself together and I prayed down the back. I says, Lord, what am I going to do? I went up again. There was nobody there and the road comes around the bend to the right and straight across the front. It's just a... a you barely get two cars on it. It's rough and bumpy tarmac road. And 
And, and as it come, this car comes along, between two houses in front of me, I see a, a, a little bird coming toward me, directly in my vision, as though it was going to hit me between the eyes. A little sparrow, and he comes flying, and you see him dipping as he closes his wings and gathers again. He dipped as he closes his wings and gathered again. And this little sparrow kept doing this the whole way between the houses, and he caught my view. And I'm standing watching him, and he comes closer, and he comes closer, and he comes closer. And this car comes round the bend. There's hardly ever any cars up this road. Most people have horse and carts and a few cars. A car comes around and the little bird takes his last dip across the road as we would go over my head and between the houses where I was standing. It was a sunny morning and this little bird dipped and the car hit it. The little bird fell right between my two feet. I bent down and I lifted it up as a little sparrow. And I went, oh, the poor wee bird. And the Lord says to me, son, when others don't know where you are and you feel small and insignificant, he says, I know the very sparrow in flight and I know where you are. Oh, boy. I went back down the building and I started crying. Father, forgive me for my lack of faith. Father, forgive me. I'll just go and whatever happens, happens. And I walk back up and into the church about starting time. It was 11 o'clock in the morning. There was 170 people there in 10 minutes. And people were getting saved and people were getting healed. 170 people. And the Lord says, son, I know where you are. Small and insignificant, the Lord says, who hath despised the day of small things? And when man holds in contempt, and when man holds you uh, to despise you or calls you insignificant, in the eyes of the Lord, when small things are given to him, when small things are put into his hands and placed into his care, his keeping and into his trust, Small things become mighty. Small things become great. Small things become much. And the insignificant is significant. I'm just a pensioner now and I can't... Listen, you are not just a pensioner, you're a child of God. I'm just a young person. Who would listen to me? The Lord. (laughs) I'm a housewife from this and that. You don't need to be anything. God wants you to be you and his son. To trust him. Place the small things. Place those things that make you feel small. Place those things that insecurities that you have. And place those things that tear you down instead of building you up and Those times you want to pull the duvet over your head because you feel depressed and want to cry. Place it into his hand. Say, Lord, I feel so small today. But small things in the hands of a big God is what God uses. Our assembly isn't the smallest assembly now, but it's not the biggest. By far. But if we place our assembly, if we place our hearts, if we place our worship, 
if we place ourselves, take ourselves out of the things, the rut we've got into, place ourselves into the hands of God. God, with his big hands, with his greatness, will lift us up. He'll lift you up in your life and in your heart. I want to show you something then I'm going to close. I think there's something that's made an impact here this morning. That God loves you. You are not insignificant. And you might say to yourself, I have a past. Well, you want to see mine? I had a lifestyle. We all had a lifestyle. Some manifested a little more than others. Some were blessed growing up in different homes than others. But we all are sinners before Almighty God. When you place your life into his, he changes you. The love of God surrounds you. God wants you to know this morning that your insignificance means something to him. That your heart, that your thoughts, that even how you feel so low and down at times and struggling, he says, place it into my hands. Trust me. And that the hands of a big God work. We strive, we struggle, we stress. Listen to what the hymn writer said. Little as much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth nor fame. There's a crown. And you can win it. If you'll go in Jesus' name. Here, the Lord says in Zechariah 4 and 6, we'll look at this also, God willing, next week. How does this accomplish, Lord? I've tried, I'm tired, I'm weary. The Lord says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Lord, I have nothing left to give, and I don't feel capable of these things the Lord says you may not have anything else to give and you may be weary and you may be crushed in your mind and you may have nothing else to give and you may be even ready to run away the Lord says it's not by you it's not in who you are it's by my spirit he says I do the work I create the blessing I pour out my spirit. Not your might, not who you are, what you can do. It's who I am, saith the Lord. So I'll finish here, and this is what it is. A while before our reading in Zechariah, in the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah, he goes to, that is Nehemiah, goes to build the walls of Jerusalem. And the devil gets angry. And do you know the first moment you start, step out in faith, the old devil doesn't want you saved. You don't need saved. What would your husband say? What would your wife say? What would your parents say? What would your friends say? What would your family say? You don't need saved. You don't need any of this. Or the first time you step out to pray for someone, 
God doesn't do those things anymore. Why believe God for healing? Why do you think, you know, God, God doesn't want to bless you? Or the first time you start to step out in ministry, the first time you get yourself up to try and walk back in the ways of the Lord, to, to gear yourself together, to be out at the house of God, to be in the place of prayer, the first thing the enemy says is, ah, sit down and relax. Your God loves you anyway. Don't worry about it. It'll all come to nothing. You feel small. There are two enemies of God's people, Sanballat and Tobiah. And they come to Nehemiah. And to those who have come out of the captivity of the Jews or the Judahites. And, and they're building the walls of, of Jerusalem. But when they get there to build them. Nehemiah chapter 4 Verse 1 says, But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that he builded the wall, he was wroth, or he was angry, and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before the brethren, his brethren, and the army of Samaria, and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burnt? Do you know what he says? He says, look, Nehemiah, you're coming to build a wall. Gee, you're little. You're small. You're nothing. You're a nobody. What are you going to do for God? Who do you think you are stepping out in faith? Who do you think you are that you're going to trust God for greater things? Who do you think you are that you're going to go into ministry? Who do you think you are? Have you been to theological college? Are you 100% righteous in your own ways? The answer is no and no. But I'm righteous in God. Here's what he says. Look at the stones here. Even the very stones are charred and burnt. You know what it's like after a fire, the old charred wood. And that's what everything was like. The gates were burned down, the walls. And he says, who could build out of that heap of rubbish? God could do nothing with you, you see, because ah, you're just rubbish. Who would use you? Sure, look at the life you had. Sure, you're weak, you're contemptible, you're despised. Who are you? Look at you. That's the devil and he's a liar. You listen. So Nehemiah takes this on board. Look what it says in verse 4. Here, O God... Starts to pray. Here's your answer. Hear, O God, for we are despised. And turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey into the land of captivity. He starts praying and says, Lord, I'm trusting in you. This small person, this small ministry, building from rubbish, building from the people of society who are full of sinners, who are full of the degenerate nation. We say, Lord, what can you do with us? We're putting ourselves into your hands. The enemy says that we're no good, but Lord, we're trusting in you for your sin we are. You can't through us. And here is the answer what happened. Verse 6 of Nehemiah 4, he says, So built we the wall 
Now that is tremendous. Notice says, they said that. I went to prayer. God says, go and do what I told you. Never mind the devil. <laughs> Never mind the dissenting voice or the despiser. Go and do what God has told you. Go as he has laid it on your heart. Speak it forth. Act forth. Serve him with a joyful heart. And get back into the way. For you're not small. Small things in the hands of a big God become great and mighty. That's you this morning. My life is a heap of ruins. Burnt in the ashes of the past. Well, God wants to give you a new future. He wants to give you a new future. That's a taster for next week in the Lord's will. That's what God was telling me over the fields. God bless you. Tension's been fantastic. God's speaking this morning, isn't he? God's ministering this morning. The Holy Ghost is ministering and through his word. We just give God the glory. Father's Day, let's get away home. Let's close. We'll receive tithes and offerings.